Teen Minds Redefined. You're listening to the podcast with Cheryl Pankhurst. Welcome to another episode of Teen Minds Redefined, where we strive to redefine the relationships we have with our teenagers at home, at school, socially, and foster them into growing into their true authentic selves as adults. And today I have a beautiful guest, Jennifer Boudreau, the driving force behind Parent with LLC, empowers allies and parents of LGBTQ plus youth through personalized coaching, workshops, and engaging presentations. Drawing from her rich experiences as a parent of three adult children, one proudly identifying as bisexual and a bonus parent to a transgender man. Jennifer seamlessly blends professional expertise with personal insights as a certified parent coach holding master's degree in library science and educational leadership. Welcome, Jennifer. I am so happy to have you here. Such an important thing to talk about and and awareness. And um, is there anything you want to add to that before we jump right in? So, uh, goodness, I think the reason my why for why I do this work um, truly is trying to help ensure or create uh, a safe world for all LGBTQ plus people. So in addition to the coaching with parents, I'm also the training manager for an LGBTQ advocacy group in our nonprofit in Loudoun County, Virginia. So I'm getting it from a lot of different perspectives. And a lot of times people are like, well, you know, I'm, you're a cisgender white woman heterosexual, why are you the one doing this work? And I really truly feel I'm so aware of my identity and the responsibility that I have as an ally uh, to help educate. And what I end up doing is taking people from a place of fear and confusion to becoming enthusiastic allies that LGBTQ plus folks deserve. And so just quickly, my process is in the name of my company, which is Parent with Care, and it is compassion, awareness, respect, and empathy. So that's the word. That's beautiful. I, I like that. So I know we just kind of touched on it in the bio, but what's your story? Can you share so, that? Yeah, I always try to make it as concise as I can, but I have okay. had kind of a marine, uh, myriad of different things that I've done in my life. So uh, way back in 1996, at the beginning of the internet, um, I was hosting a radio show called Discovering Kids and bringing resources to families. Uh, that was in Wilmington, Delaware. And then I moved back to my hometown of Montgomery County, Maryland, and trying to find resources for my kiddos, I created an uh, internet resource called Family Net Source that I ran for many years, which was a resource directory helping folks to find the information and resources they need for their kids. Then I realized that like this thing called health insurance was important. So went back to school, got the library of science degree, became a school library media specialist. So I have done a variety of different things for four years. I've worked pre-K to 12 and for four years, I was the director of libraries for DC public schools. So doing tons and tons of adult professional development as well. But then I realized as I progressed through my life that I was kind of needing a new chapter. So looking at all of the experiences and the things that I've done and the advocacy work that I was doing in the LGBTQ space, 
I realized that people really needed one information and resources to help them understand or learn about because you don't necessarily have to understand but two combining that with the, the family dynamics and folks that need support in parenting so again everything i've ever done has been about connecting people with information and resources and i really believe that it can help to make a difference and certainly having my own queer kids is uh you know makes it very very personal for me yeah, I, I, I hear you. Uh, my daughter's queer, and she just got married just over a year ago. Congratulations. Uh, to her beautiful partner, Julie. Yes, I'm just... It, <laughs> and then I'm going to get all emotional Aww. because they're, I'm so proud of them. Um, and, and not just because they're queer. Obviously, they have just been able to find their love and be themselves and I see every day that we're in the same room together or when you know when they're posting and doing reels and just becoming um, themselves but together it's just it's beautiful right you know that in a mom's yeah. heart or in a parent's heart just to to know that your your kid feels so secure and safe um, in order to do that and be who they are and, yeah. and, it, and it's such a a learning for me to speak my truth more after mm -hmm. watching them speak their truth. And I, and I love it. Um, and it's the coming out story. I have an easy coming out story. How, what was your coming out story for your kids? And I, and I'm going to ask first if you, if it's okay yeah. for you to share that before, because Obviously, they're not here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do have permission to share. Me, me too. Um, I emailed today. <laughs> it's important to be, you know, for consent. Yeah. Um, so I have, it's interesting. There are two different scenarios. So my son, I always knew was not straight. And so I keep, grew up in the 80s and it was really a pick a team mentality, right? You're either gay, lesbian or straight. And awesome. Choose you. So... He grows up and is in college and um, someone uh, had yelled an F the F slur at him across campus. So he wrote an op-ed for his college newspaper in which he came out as bisexual. And I was like, I, I what, what is that? I don't under, I didn't understand what it was. Um, but I was like, all right, you know, we're going to roll with that. Now I, now I know. So I've had to learn a lot and understand much more about what bisexuality is. And certainly now in doing a lot of training and coaching around uh, gender and sexual identities, I certainly understand it now. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really just a couple of months ago that he shared with me that my mentality and my understanding, my limited understanding, um, really prevented him from fully identifying himself. And then also coming out to me or the world as bisexual. Mm -hmm. And so I often say that I have the two most marginalized of the letters in under the rainbow in my family. Um, there's a lot of biphobia. And so there, that is a, a struggle into itself. My bonus son, I met at the very start of his transition when he was 26. And so he had grown up as a lesbian female and you know, as he grew and became more aware of um, himself and possibilities in his life, he chose to transition um, medically and surgically. And 
when I met his father, there was some tension. And that led to he and his son having really a two-year period of no communication. And it was heartbreaking. Um, and so I will say, this is before I became a parent coach. <laughs> I realized now that I was doing some coaching along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. I'm. I'm thrilled to say that they are now very, very happily reunited as a family. They've done a lot of repair work, um, so it's always possible. And I get to hang out with my 18 month old bonus grandson like every other week, <gasps> uh, which is amazing and wonderful. And so, it's been a very different, you know, uh, uh, challenging coming out for in both situations um and the reality is there's there's no coming out one and done right it is a forever and ever and always thing having to come out over and over and over again uh especially for folks who are trans and who transition later in life Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people who know them from their previous gender and so uh you know and, and as parents you're having to come out to new groups of people um, you know, as, as you move through life, you're not sure you got to check who's safe, who's not before you can share what you need to share, uh, yeah. or if, or if you share anything. Yeah. And here, and here's the thing. You don't have to No, like, the feeling like why didn't you tell me or why did, no, it, it, you don't have to, it's just as private and personal as anything that you have in your heart. Yeah. I mean, it's. You know, I don't, I don't feel the need to say, well, you should have, or I didn't know, or, well, no, because you didn't know. <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> and I want to make me as a human, right? Right. Yeah. And I yeah. want to make it clear that I don't, in other spaces, right, <laughs> because this is the topic of the podcast, which is why I identify that I have a bisexual son, mm-hmm. a transgender bonus son. I don't walk yeah. through the world announcing their gender and sexual identities, no. No. Uh, because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And because this is we what, wouldn't do that in any other no. sense of the, we wouldn't name assist like we just wouldn't do that. So no, you know I, I don't understand. I, I I shouldn't say I don't understand. I don't. I have a hard time with with that part of it. Yeah, and yeah, I so tell me about helping parents to understand. So. Let's say somebody is in, a parent is right in the initial stages of their son or daughter coming out. Mm-hmm. And they're completely shocked. What's the first, what's the first piece of advice? What's the second piece of advice? How do we, you know, and, and shock is, shock is a natural reaction if you absolutely have no idea. Mm-hmm. But how do we move from that initial shock where we're continually allowing our children to feel safe with us? So I give parents a script, hopefully that they'll hear before their child comes out to them, uh, which is why I love sharing these conversations, <laughs> is to say three things if your child comes out to you. First of all, understanding that your internal response needs to stay internal regardless of what it is. Okay, so you don't dump your fear, your emotion, your sadness, your shame, any of that onto your kid. Mm-hmm. So if your kid comes to you and shares that they are identifying as LGBTQ+, you say three things. One, thank you for sharing that. It takes a lot of trust. And I love that we have that much trust that you're sharing this with me. Two, I love you. 
hard stop, period. No rejoinder, no conditions. I love you. Mm-hmm. Three, what do you need from me right now so that you feel fully supported? Beautiful. Then you can freak out and you can, you know, and all of that is, is normal, right? Anytime a kid shifts anything different than the, the, the image that we have of who they are or who they're going to be, it takes an adjustment. Mm-hmm. And so it is important <laughs> to manage that individually mm-hmm. with a coach, with friends, with support groups, um, and not bring that to your child, right? If you have questions and need information, what does this mean? What is it to be transgender or pangender or pansexual or any of the amazing colors under the rainbow? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways to get information without asking your kid to educate you. Yes. And now at this stage of the game, I, I love that my daughter and her wife are very comfortable calling me out at any point in time when I have said the wrong pronoun or, you know, said something that might trigger somebody. And I'm so grateful that I don't have an ego that some people would have and say, well, I don't know, you know, and just resist all of that. And okay, thanks for correcting me. And I will make these mistakes all the time. I do. Because you're a human being. Yes. And I'm quite grateful when I get called out so that I'm now, okay, it's in my head. Hopefully I won't do it next time. I will do something else that's wrong. Call me out again. And that's totally fine. And and I'm so grateful that they do that. So if you're talking now to parents and you're thinking about what kind of obstacles. Now, most of my audience are parents of teens. Not that that matters, but just I'm just Mm -hmm. thinking of different obstacles. What kind of obstacles can you see a parent facing with their child? And... How do we kind of navigate that? There's so many, right? I mean, first of all, adolescence, period, right? (laughs) So first of all, understanding that gender and sexual identity is one aspect of your kiddo, right? So you're going to have all of the traditional same issues uh, that any child has, any teen, any adolescent. Oof, my youngest is 27, so I am well beyond that. Um, but I think, I mean, there are so many different obstacles. One, it's coming out to family and friends, when and how. And I ask always that parents let their kiddo lead the way. That is their story. They may need your help to share with other people. They may need you to run interference. Um, they may want you to not share with certain people. And you need to respect that because that's how you, you, know, you build or break the trust mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Um, understanding the, the uh, sexual implications, right? What does this mean if your child is lesbian? Okay, well, maybe we don't have to worry about getting pregnant, but there are a whole host of other things, right? And, and not focusing so much on the physical that you forget the emotional aspects of uh, sexuality. Mm-hmm. Super, super important. If your kiddo is going, is transgender and is going on puberty blockers and then perhaps medically transitioning, you might end up going through puberty twice with your kiddo or a much later puberty. Yeah. So knowing where they are in socially compared mm-hmm. to their peers is an important dynamic to keep track of. Yeah. And 
and really paying, I mean, the, the, I won't cite all of the scary, scary statistics around queer teens. Uh, I always recommend people look at uh, the Trevor uh, uh, Project's uh, yeah. survey on mental health. Um, and it's scary. And it's, it's all of the scary statistics are completely wiped away when that child has supporting, affirming family and people that love them. Mm-hmm. And so what I want folks to know above all is, again, you don't have to understand it. You just have to believe who your child says they are in this moment, right? And I think with teens also, parents have perhaps the hope or the fear that their child is choosing an identity because of social structure or social impact, mm-hmm. social media and peer influence, or they're like, you know, they keep changing their identities and first it was this and now it's this and I can't keep track. All of that is normal. <laughs> All of that is normal. As I, you know, I'm 57, I'm still learning things about myself and, you know, who I am as a person. So mm-hmm. to expect a child not to go through a process of discovery is, uh, is, is unrealistic, yeah. right? I mean, kids know their own gender by age three but often they are you know we're all socially conditioned uh to believe in a heteronormative binary and Mm -hmm. so this is you know where we we see people coming out later in life because they're learning and understanding themselves more and people know their sexuality usually sexual orientation usually around age 10 okay but they may or may not be aware of it themselves or be willing to Mm -hmm. admit it to themselves. I love how you said we don't have to understand it. And I feel like that goes for everybody. There's so many conversations when I was working in the schools and so many conversations around, well, I just don't understand. Well, I just don't get it. Why can't they just, I don't. And that's, you don't have to understand. No, There's no reason for you to even need to understand. Nope. You just need to be kind and be human. And that's where it stops when it's not even, especially when it's not family. But it's something else I wanted to, when you were talking about, you know, coming out to the family, when I was running the GSA at school, I did have a number of students whose grandparents just couldn't understand it. And what I tried to explain to them is maybe, not for sure, but maybe, They're coming from a time where if you were anything but straight, you were in danger, you were picked on, you were beat up, you were, and they are not, not accepting you for who you are, but absolutely petrified for what they've seen happen. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it all comes from fear. And, you know, if you look at the over the history over time, um, there have been times in our history, even in this country, where... Queer people were accepted. It just was, right? Mm-hmm. And then there became, a, look, surprisingly enough, a political pushback. And here we are again, right? And so what, what scares me is I see kids now that are afraid to identify as transgender um, because they are afraid. Yeah. And we are in a society right now that is not safe for a mm-hmm. lot of kids or a lot of adults, you know, a lot of queer people. So... Um, yeah, and I think it's, it, this is when we get into, like, let's have grace on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. We want our kids to have grace for our 
uh, limited understanding and our growth and awareness. Mm -hmm. And we need to have grace for our kids to have the same process. And so I think it's, it's when, you know, conversations have to happen back and forth. Like you were saying earlier, you're going to make mistakes. You're a human being. We all have intrinsic bias. Mm -hmm. It is embedded in us um, from before we're born. And it is, you know, we need to make sure that people have the opportunity to have the conversations. And, you know, I will approach people and say, well, if I hear somebody with a very definitive opinion uh, about my responses, help me understand, you know, where did that come from? How did you get to that place? Mm -hmm. And then I'll understand more of the background. Is it coming from a religious perspective? Is it, you know, coming from a political perspective or, you know, they've never met anyone who was queer and the only thing they've seen is will and grace. And so, I love that. You know, that's a mic drop for me because I'm going to take that. I'm going to hold on to that because that's such a great way to to come back and, and have that conversation. I really, I really like that. So in our schools right now, I'm going to jump all over the place because yeah. things just pop into my head. But in our schools right now, there's this debate about if kids want to change their pronouns or identify with a different name in school. Mm-hmm. There's the big debate. Do we have to tell the parents? Yeah. Do we not have to tell the parents? So in my experience, limited experience, um, most parents are fine. It, it never seems to be a problem. Um, we're changing report cards. We're changing. Not a problem. But there are some where the kid just does not feel safe at home being who they really are. But there is one place where they feel safe. Yep. And I have a funny feeling. I know what your opinion of this is going to be. But how do you feel about that situation? Is it an absolute yes, we have to tell parents or we are not changing pronouns, we are not changing names? What do you, how do you feel about that? So first, I'm going to say 40% of queer kids do not feel that they have a welcoming home environment. So that's a lot of kids. Wow. Right? Yeah. So I actually did a, a training for school resource officers in my county. And this, you know, came up, obviously. And... We go to a place of, I go to a place of, your job is to keep that child safe. Okay. So if you, if a child shares with you their identity, again, thank you. I see you and I hear you. The third question for an educator is who else knows and who can't know? Okay. So once you have identified, if the child says, if my parent finds out or my caregiver finds out that I'm queer, I'm out on the street. Mm-hmm. Believe them because that that is their truth, right? So I recommend folks do something that I call proactive code switching, which is you say to the kid, I see you. I am going to refer to you by your the name and the pronoun that you are sharing with me. Understand that when I talk with whoever the other person is that they don't feel safe with, whether it's other teachers or parents or administration, I'm going to refer to you by the name and gender that is on record. Yes. But know that I'm doing it intentionally to keep you safe. Yes. That's the part of the conversation that I think doesn't get focused on enough is being transparent, the pun intended, um, with the kid that you're doing it on purpose, not to be disrespectful, but to keep them safe. 
Yes. The hope is that then you build the rapport with family. And I've, I've been in this situation with multiple children and I've had it go a variety of different ways. And my job as an educator is to keep the kids safe, period. Mm-hmm. And so if that meant I'm the only one that knows this, you know, I will, I would have kids sometimes write your name, like, you know, if you can hand out a paper, write your name at the top, right? Theirs had a sticky note on it so they could write whichever name they wanted me to use. That gets pulled off. And when it goes home, it's got their name of record on it. So there are a lot of ways to get around it and still support the kids. But it's terrifying for educators, right? A lot of them are afraid they're going to lose their jobs. You can still have that conversation with the child Mm -hmm. and let them know that you are there for them and you support them. And these rules are creating the problem yeah yeah i've had those conversations with the kids and always and have said to them multiple times but i might screw this up Mm -hmm. so you need to let me know you need to call me out i might screw this up in front of somebody so and it's you know it's so important i don't think i've ever done a screw up in front of the parent but in talking to another teacher or whatever so i think that's 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 good to say, you know, just in case it will be on purpose and not a yeah. disrespect. And I, and know, I like that conversation. And know that, I mean, when I taught, I was a middle school librarian, 650 kids. And I always would say I had 650 kids all named Sweetheart because I couldn't remember half their names. And so, you know, it would be very easy if I mistakenly, you know, outed a kid to, to <laughs> flip that scenario around so that it was clear that I was just making a mistake and so i want to address also the 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 mistake piece right the apology because again we all do it and this is something comes up all the time when we talk about pronouns what if i get it wrong just apologize yeah correct yourself move on that's it yeah yeah it's it's so yeah it's so important because it's not about you if you made the mistake it's not about you yep just so I want to talk about supports in schools. How can schools lay a foundation of safety in the school? I mean, you know, we can have our our flags and we can have our signs and we can have safe spaces. Fantastic. But is there something more intrinsic we can do for people to make them feel everyone feels safe and you know, there's even the conversations, the flippant conversations about all gender bathrooms and, oh, I know, why is, why is he going in her, but, and what, and, you know, I don't understand. And I don't know how many times I said to an adult, if that's challenging for you, can you imagine what their life is like? Mm-hmm. So suck it up, <laughs> yeah. watch them go whatever room they want to go into and, you know, there's, there's just those little things where I think, oh, my goodness, life is hard enough. Yeah, it right? is. Yeah. There, uh, this is where, you know, again, it, we schools are so embroiled in politics right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to separate. But in a perfect scenario, not only would we, we, we wouldn't just have all gender bathrooms, right? There would be individual bathrooms for individual humans. Because that keeps everyone safe. Um, I've been in places where every toilet was in a stall and there were communal sinks. 
because we can ha- wash our hands together, right? Mm-hmm. And those can be open, like in, a, in an airport <laughs> kind of a concept, right? Yeah, there um, you go. I was at the, the PFLAG convention and they had put signs on the bathrooms that I loved. And it said, one, <laughs> this bathroom has stalls and urinals. This bathroom has stalls. That was it, right? Bingo. It's a matter of which, which equipment you need. But I think other things that schools can do is, you know, I, oh, school librarian here, please allow kids to read what they want to read. Stop censoring books. Stop pulling them away. Um, I trust the kids to have the awareness that they are reading what they want and need to read. Same with curriculum. You know, there are queer people, there are people of color that have added so much to our history and there have, you know, they need to be included and the the truth needs to be included, right? Mm -hmm. But then I think the main thing is, and I, you know, I remember years and years and years ago, we were doing race and courageous conversation uh, around around anti-racism and anti-racist work. It still comes to the down to the same thing, which is look at people's humanity, Right. And so if a child is being bullied or picked on for anything, that behavior cannot be tolerated. Mm-hmm. It can't be tolerated from adults. It can't be tolerated from other children. And having creating a, a, a safe space, an affirming, inclusive space, like you said, it's not just about flags and just about, you know, having the, the person of the month or mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the marginalized community of the month. Um, it is about respecting humanity. Mm-hmm. And respecting every individual person's right to be themselves. So we talked a bit about helping parents accept. How do we turn that around? And you're a parent of a child who's not quite sure and is having a tough time accepting their own identity. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we support that as parents? I think it's acknowledging that it's a hard thing to figure out, right? Um, the messaging that we get, and I, and this is, I, I, I tell this story pretty much every time I, I talk with someone. Uh, I mentioned that my, my trans son has a son, has a child. Um, and when his wife had the sonogram that indicated gender or sex at that point, he came back and he was like, it's a boy. And I'm like, really? Is it? Right? Like, you're a trans man. You know that penis doesn't mean boy. But we're there, right? So, from pre-birth, we are conditioning kids to be a specific something. Um, And so, understanding that at all of the conditioning that that they're receiving from us and from everywhere in the world are very strong messages, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding that clearly the political climate that we have is not welcoming and affirming right there is just so much um that is terrifying Mm -hmm. especially for kids and especially when we're talking about adolescents they're trying to figure out everything about themselves and so give them the grace and the space and this is why i truly i say it all the time believe who your child tells you they, they are in this moment yes yes and that's it, because it might very well change yeah. and evolve. And over time, even, you know, 
I, I am very good friend who I met as gender fluid, right? They grew up mm-hmm. as male, military, you know, uh, very masculine presenting, mm-hmm. recognized that they weren't cisgender male mm-hmm. for years, gender fluid. Now it's come to the realization that they're female and they are a trans woman and that's all okay. Yeah. Yeah. I um <laughs> I won't rest until gender reveal parties are done. Uh. <laughs> I won't rest. I won't rest. Gen- it should be genital reveal parties. <laughs> there you go. And that's what it, it is. makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. I and it's come up in a different couple of topics on different episodes I've done because it's just so like from from the moment you celebrate with the other siblings to then you know oh it's a boy oh i have five boys i really wanted a girl that is like injected into your child's system injected yeah like it is like dripping this intravenous of you're not accepted and it needs to stop wish yes. i could just wave my own flag about gender <laughs> reveal gotta go again we just we'll, we'll start calling them genital reveals there you go and, maybe and it'll people, cares? <laughs> it might make people uncomfortable enough that they'll stop right? <laughs> you really need another party and more gifts i don't understand honestly anyway that's that might be another story <laughs> I agree. So as we just start to wrap up, can you kind of end us off with some advice, what we can do next, what you would say to a parent in a moment of time where they're just feeling like, um, and where, where can we look for resources and where, if I have, you know, if I'm, experimenting not even experimenting if i'm thinking maybe i am transgender maybe i am a different identity and i know i'm not safe where do i go who do i call what are the numbers yeah so i will send you for the show notes perfect a bunch of resources that people can connect with um because there are many uh some of them are informational some of them are support groups um clearly uh, I'm available for folks who, who need to, to talk and, you know, finding places where you have that safe space to truly just feel all of your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. If you enter a support group and you find that you're getting pushback because you express sadness, that's not necessarily the place for you, right? Mm-hmm. Sad, all of your feelings, it sounds so cliche, but all of your feelings are valid, right? It's not up for anyone else to judge you or tell you how you're feeling, whether or not you should feel that way. You feel that way. So that is, you know, you have to process and dig through, like, where does that come from? And what is it that you are afraid you're losing? So, you know, going through and finding places where you're able to do that type of processing, super, super helpful. The vast majority of the people that I work with identified as allies until their own kid came out. And then like, what? How do I do? How does this work? Right? I thought it was just other people I was out there supporting. So it's harder. Um, Mm -hmm. It becomes real. So that is, is, you know, there is a lot of information. And again, I'll provide those resources. The other thing is, even if your kid is not queer, as far as you know, Mm 
um, making sure that they have opportunity to connect with and interact with other kids. And I'll give a little plug for something I'm getting ready to launch, not knowing when this podcast come out, it might be out, mm -hmm. um, which is the queercampfair.com. Say more. You know, so I'm creating a resource going back to like what I did in 97, creating a resource directory uh, for camp, summer camp experiences that uh, are self-identifying as affirming for LGBTQ plus kids. And it's not just queer camps, right? It's camps, any camp that is willing to state that they are affirming and there's a little, you know, some criteria that they have to meet. And they're not just for queer kids, right? They're for anyone and everyone to be seen and welcomed and experience an amazing summer. Um, so I'm really, really excited and I'm just like working on the tech behind the scenes to try to get it all together. Um, but if your kid is straight and you want them to grow up in a world where they're accepting and affirming and loving of other people, seek out opportunities like that. Hundred percent. That's amazing. I um, I don't know if this is all over Facebook, but there is a Facebook group, um, and it's called Stand in Pride Canada. Mm -hmm. And anyone who wishes to be an ally can. And I've done this. I, I think I did this a couple of years ago. Um, anyone who wish, wishes to be an ally, and then anyone from the community can come out and say my mom won't come to my wedding. And yeah. if you're in the, if you're in the area, will you come to my wedding? Will you walk me down the aisle? Can you just give me someone to talk to? And it's just amazing. And sometimes I'm just, it's just posting back and forth, just yes. messaging back and forth. And it's just a beautiful community. And it so is, I don't know if it that's is international. Oh, it good. is. There's, there's a stand in pride international. And then there are a lot of stand in pride, like per states and, and Northeast or regions. So yeah, there are, and this is, the other thing to keep in mind, and this I, I think is, is something that we're all getting our heads around, is that family is much more than blood, right? It is finding your family, the people that are going to affirm you and love you and support you yeah. uh, is vital. Yeah. Well, I just honestly don't think there's anything more beautiful than seeing somebody see themselves and feel safe and then find their love. Yeah. And like any gender, I don't care who it is, but it's just magic. And I know you're a parent. So when you see it as a parent, nothing else matters. Nothing mm. else matters. And if there's things in your way, you can get help. You can, you know, call Jennifer. You can, there, you know, there's resources, there's pages, there's, there's things to do. Don't let that stand in your way because there's just nothing more beautiful, honestly. Mm -hmm. And we need way more education, way more awareness. We can't stop. It has to keep keep moving yeah. forward. We can't slow down. So I thank you for your work. It's so important. Oh, and I really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, if we have more questions, then maybe we jump on again and talk about something else. Sounds great. But this is fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Teen Minds Redefined and our beautiful guest, Jennifer. Everything will be in the show notes. Don't forget to share, especially episodes like this, because you just never know who needs to hear this. Absolutely. Thanks for stopping by. Teen Minds Redefined with Cheryl Pankhurst. New episodes out every Wednesday. Thanks for stopping by.